all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Today we're talking about the Wonder Woman syndrome, trying to be a Wonder Woman. So it might be some men also. Everybody's giving us advice about the holidays, how to make them great. Yes, I've given some myself. But is it working? To the woman who thinks she can handle it all, are you finding yourself exhausted, irritable, frustrated, just don't know how you're going to get through it? Why are you always driven to do more than you can possibly do? Men, do you ever find yourself in that same position? If not, why not? What do you do differently that others can't figure out? What advice do you have to get the holidays under control when people can't seem to get a grip? What really makes some women and certainly some men think they can handle it all? They put themselves up in that superhero category, right? Or maybe uh, that Wonder Woman position. Just don't ask for help. It's a sign of weakness. Don't take time to do something nice for yourself. That's certainly a sign of being selfish. Don't say that you just can't take on another task. That's a sign of not caring. This is sort of the thinking that gets us all in trouble, um, Sometimes, And I know, you know, I know, I'm talking about myself now, I know all the right things to do and all the right things to say. But even sometimes I don't follow my own advice. Um, I really don't. And uh, I think if I didn't say that out loud, we'd have a couple of people call in and say, listen to yourself. But do you think that it's the age of those of us who think that working full time, taking care of it all on the home front, um, doing whatever people ask us to do is sort of the way we grew up? Um, Do you think our millennials and Generation Xers um, feel the same way? Do they have the same issues? Um, hard to know. I'd like to hear from those of you out there who are listening as to what do you think? Is it a certain era or is it just sort of the way we put pressure on ourselves? Give us a call. Join in the conversation on this syndrome that some of us tend to have. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. So, you know, some of it could be 
um, with our high divorce rate and the number of single parents out there, uh, maybe those single parents out there say, oh, wait a minute, I'm going to show him or I'm going to show her. Um, I'm showing everybody that I don't I don't need that man or woman. Um, I don't need a husband at all. Maybe you don't need anyone. And maybe it has nothing to do with a man. But maybe you just don't need anybody to take care of you or to help you out or to fill in any gaps that you might have. Uh, you might not even want your mother or your mother-in-law um, to get involved because you can do it all yourself. You've got it. Um, well, you may think you do, but the majority of individuals out there who insist on doing it on their own and who s- insist that they've got it handled often, often um, get in trouble. And we'll talk about sometimes what the getting in trouble can do to you and do to your health as we move along in the show. Um, too many times, uh, divorced women particularly, single moms, uh, take on too much. Uh, they, they try too hard to prove that they can handle it. And uh, the truth is, if you try to do a little bit less, you would really be better off. Um, you know, uh, women, particularly women of today, uh, have opportunities that that many women didn't have before. Um, the The job of women before was to stay at home, take care of the home front, and um, don't think about working because you might neglect somebody in the household. Well, that certainly that's changed. I know there's still some people out there who believe that um, that it would be better off the other way. But I can tell you that there are many women who are happier and more satisfied uh, being able to do a career that they choose to do, not one that is told them they must do. So um, what su- was supposed to have happened is the, the feminism change was supposed to um, make the playing field level, right? So did it? Um, did it make the playing field level? Um, probably probably not. Probably not so much. Um, what's happened in, in some is that um, it almost increased expectations of what some women are supposed to do. And maybe the expectations are all what women do to themselves. So I'm asking our listeners out there, did did we do it to ourselves? Is that what women do? Men, do you think that often um, it's that the woman is not um, allowing you to step in and help? Or is it that um, perhaps it's easier to allow that woman to do everything or uh, for you or is it easier because that's the way uh, you think that woman wants it to be or those of you out there who have a significant other do you do you think that perhaps there are just some personalities out there who expect they should always handle the burden 
I'd just like to know what you think, and you can give us a call, join the conversation. Let's hear what you think, and I'll tell you a little bit about some of the data that's out there. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 or you can send an email to family at so another thing that um, I think society puts on women is not only, and I'm saying society, um, again, is this society or women themselves. The problem is that not only are you supposed to work full time, um, take care of the home front, do the cooking, um, buy the presents, wrap the presents, uh, put on the parties, uh, but also you're supposed to look beautiful and rested all the time. Um, I thought this was a really amazing, amazing number. Um, mostly women, Americans in general, mostly women, but um, there's some contribution from men to this, spent more than $13 billion on plastic surgery in 2007. Now, that's 2007. Um, I dare to say there's a lot more money spent now. Um, 10 million girls have eating disorders, lots of pressure. Um, there's a lot of there are a lot of individuals out there who um, have obsessive behaviors and fret all the time over so many things about being that perfect person. And then to add on to all that, the 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 media, um, the movies, the um, Facebook, everything is telling us that there's all this wonderful, happy stuff going on all the time, and you can be perfect. I mean, just look at Pinterest and all the wonderful things people make all the time that you're supposed to be able to just zip out and do it um, by hand, right? You're supposed to take care of all that, uh, make all your own stuff, and still... Um, be beautiful, rested, happy, and make everybody else happy. So my um, thought out there is instead of trying to do everything, both you men and you women, what we maybe need to do is work on what's the most important, figuring out what needs to be priority, and how we need to set that. And so what we'll do in a moment is take our first break, and when we come back, we'll start talking about how maybe we should reset things and what we should be looking at as far as setting priorities. Um, Is that Wonder Woman really a fallacy? Is there anybody out there who can do it all. And if you're out there, please call in. If you're out there and have struggled and realized that you absolutely cannot do it all and you refuse to, I want to hear from you too. Because I think our listeners all need to hear that um, what stumbles sometimes happen when you try to do it all. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and today we're talking about the Wonder Woman Syndrome. I think there's some men out there too who have that Wonder Man Syndrome perhaps or Superman, whatever you want to call it. But why do we do that to ourselves? What makes us think that we should never ask for help, that we should always be able to do it all? What makes us think that there's anybody out there who's perfect? Uh, We want to hear from you. want to hear what you think. Um, You can give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. I promised we'd talk about what we need to do, but I want to go first to the phones and hear from others about this. Let's go to Katie and Hurley. Katie, good morning. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Now you have um, you have a comment about sure. what I yeah, brought up. Um, Tell us. I'm not. You know, I'm a first time mom with mm-hmm. a young father, and I think that the difference between men and women in this respect is that men often they seem to know and respect their limits more so than women. Like I know my limits, but I'm always thinking. Oh, okay, well, if it doesn't, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done, and so I just pile on more. But my mm-hmm. husband will say, "Well, I need to take a nap." <laughs> and he stops and does it, but I'm like, "Oh, well, you know, I'll get a nap when she's 20." But, um, yeah, and then, and, then and that, that is level of guilt uh-huh. that you know, oh, we're not, we didn't do anything fun today, or you know, you just get all this added on. Yeah. Uh, you're so right, Katie. I, you, I think, I, and I'd like to hear some from men about that. So you and our next caller's man, so we'll ask David, but Katie, I think you may have called it. I think often men can just draw the line and set the limit. So why do you think there's the difference there? I do think the point you made about, um, you know, feminism kind of, you know, making us feel like we do need to be able to do everything because I'm a stay-at-home mom and most stay-at-home moms I know they never stay at home they're always busy right and doing but um you they're still that why don't you work or why don't you do this and I'm like oh how could I there's no time for anything but um you know I don't know if it's just maybe our chemical makeup and our brains you know that make us more hardwired to be neurotic about it or (laughs) that you just feel like you're never doing enough. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some approval seeking, maybe some obsessive behavior, but, but maybe just um, being that caretaker and you feel like you need to keep going on. But Katie, take, I'm going to, I'm saying this for all of us, take example from your husband. And when you feel like you need a nap, play tag team parenting and say, honey, I need a nap. Um, so when you finish yours, I'm going to take my turn, too. And and I promise you'll feel better. Your your child will be happier because mama's rested and mama doesn't get impatient um, because she's tired. So uh, sounds like your husband has a good idea. <laughs> Thank you. OK, Katie, thanks for calling. 
Okay, good morning, David. We're to you. You're in Memphis, and you have a comment, and you heard I've already asked you a question, so I'll let you make your comment first, and we'll come back to my question. Yes, ma'am. So my family, I'm the middle of three brothers, and, you know, I see my mom sometimes struggle with that sort of holiday anxiety, do too much kind of thing, and... um, just the the thing that I always try to stress to her is that the really important part about the holidays is just just being together. So it's really, you know, I, I think it's hard for her being the only woman in a family of all men. Um, but it doesn't bother me at all when my dad decides to, you know, just close his eyes on the couch for a minute. Um, for the Thanksgiving season, we encourage them. They're they're blessed enough to have uh, the resources to do this, but they had about 30 people at their house for uh, the meal. Uh And I said, you know, let's hire some help. Let's uh, get somebody to cook and somebody else to clean. And that way you can enjoy the party and just spend time with the people around you. Um, That, that to me is uh, what I try to focus on. And uh, speaking I was born in 1988. Speaking for millennials, I'm certainly not a representative. But as for me personally, um, I kind of balk a little bit the commercialism of the holiday. Mm-hmm. I don't think, um, you know, more and more I try to spend my dollars on shared experiences and the memories that are going to last rather than the, the things, all the stuff. Good comments, David. So have you thought during the holidays, too, of maybe taking your mother's hand and pulling her to the couch to sit down and giving her a nice hot cup of tea or whatever she likes um, and saying, "Okay, you relax. We're going to take over here. Have you tried that with her sometimes, too? Yes, I have. Um, she is somebody who, even not around the holiday, uh, maybe deals with a little bit of anxiety. Uh-huh. So when I notice her uh, displaying those symptoms, I try to just approach her directly and say, hey, let's take a beat and just catch our breath and think about um, what is it what is it that's making you feel upset or nervous or worried. Um, we went to uh, my grandfather built a cabin on the Tennessee River. And so just she and I went there together to enjoy some peace and quiet. Uh, it was very restful, and I think uh, I think she enjoyed that a lot. Oh, wow. What a good son, David. Keep up the good work. You know, I think a lot... <laughs> A lot it's of, well, you know, all, it's not all rainbows and sunshine. I'm giving you the, the good pictures. You're giving me the good stuff, huh? We squabble at each other quite a bit. You know, that's okay as long as um, you remind each other how much you love the other and gestures of noticing when somebody's uptight or perhaps when someone needs a break uh, means a lot. And and so to keep keep noticing when she seems stressed and make Maybe needs a break and let her know that you care and you notice is is really important. Um, yeah. So I know you're not perfect. I just said none of us are perfect, and so mm-hmm. but all we can do is strive to be a little bit better. So 
Good, yeah. good advice, good suggestions, and and I think um, all of us need to remember it's the memories that we're making, and not so much the things we receive. How many times do you hear about somebody losing everything in a hurricane or tornado or fire, and they they say, "But we've got each other," or "We've got our memories," and and that's what we've just got to hang our hats on, right? Indeed, indeed. Uh, well, thanks so much, David. Happy holidays, and thanks for your Thank call. Thank you to you as well. I enjoy the broadcast. Thank you. Well, let's go to Charles in Jackson. Charles, good morning. Thanks good for morning. waiting. Uh, I think you're overlooking, or rather not paying much attention to women who have no alternative uh-huh. to being a supermom, thinking of poor women who have children and no man in the home, so they have to provide the income for the home and do all of these other things. It's not so much that they they uh, don't want to um, participate in other things or, or take it easy. They just don't have the opportunity to, opportunity to do so. Mm. And uh, I think your conversation so far has has been directed at middle-class people who do have options and do have more resources and are able to to sit back and but yet there are you know thousands of women probably in Mississippi I'm sure who don't have that uh, luxury you know Charles you've brought up a great point and and I definitely want us to talk about that because we have we focused on the the fact that uh, people are uh, trying to do it all and and maybe they have an opportunity uh, not to but you're exactly right. There's single parents out there, or um, even a dual parent household that is impoverished. Parents are working at at least one full time job, maybe two, um, and still trying to keep things going. And so that that woman out there who's still trying to nurture and feed um, may. Uh, not have an opportunity to have a good break. So, um, but they can if society, if we wouldn't notice out there, there are still ways for individuals to involve their children, to involve churches, to go ask for help. There are people out there who want to give help, and especially this time of year. But um, sometimes I think those, Charles, your point, I know, is that sometimes those people don't even have time to stop and ask for help. So what would your solution be? Tell me what you think we need to do, and then I'll tell you a little further of what I think. Well, I think there should be more support from from society in general and specifically from the government um, and in terms of making uh, making available the news about what is available, what help is available, mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. they might access that help. Um, That's a really good suggestion, just, yeah. In general, more attention... To the needs of of needy people, 
and uh, not just think, for example, in the tax cut, they keep talking. I haven't heard the word uh, lower class or poor people used at all in terms of this uh, pending legislation. Yeah. Uh, and everything is, is directed, you know, everything, all of the attention has been the middle class. We're doing this and that for the middle class. Yeah, I hear you. And I think that your one suggestion is a good one, Charles, too. Um, maybe some public service announcements out there. Maybe some um, individuals out there who have some money who want to engage in something like that to make sure that the resources that are out there are um, are advertised that parents know how to reach out, and then they are encouraged to reach out to to be there for others. So, Charles, you're bringing up a really great um, piece of advice. So, um, we'd like to hear from others of you about what you think we need to do, how we can help others um, in this uh, world, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We're actually talking about mostly that super mom, that super um, being, superhero that people try to be. And Charles brought a good point up about... Um, uh, maybe sometimes they feel that they have to do that. Let's go to Anne. We have another woman in Lena who has some thoughts. Anne, what do you think about what Charles said, and what were your comments for us? Well, I am a single mother, and I have one grown son and five grandchildren who have to live in another state. Mm-hmm. And I had to do it all. I had no other choice. His father, he didn't want to, he wanted nothing to do with me. Uh-huh. And I had to do it all. I, I scraped and I scrounged, and I instilled in my son, it's not about the gift. It's the reason for the season, which is God. And if you put God ahead in your life and you pray over situations, things will work out. So it- and as, as for going to the government, you know, the job that I had, which wasn't paying much, they told me I made too much money to even get assistance. Mm. My child could not even go to Head Start because they said I made too much money. And this was the 1980s, and I was not even clearing $7,000 a year. Oh, my goodness. But and glory to God, yeah. I have a better job now. My son is grown. But... I'm not the kind of grandmother that just lavish a whole lot of stuff on my grandkids. I give them what they need. I don't give them what they want. So, Ann, you sound like a tough person, and it sounds like... I was a big crybaby. I was a big crybaby. I cried over everything, but I had to get tough because, you know, it's not like I didn't want a husband. Nobody, I mean... Nobody wanted to take on a woman and her child because, you know, I mean, nobody stepped up to the plate. Yeah. Well, and you proved that you really didn't need anybody. And I know there were probably times when you were lonely and not just alone, but it sounds like you pushed through. Um, I just want to make probably a, a comment. This is my opinion on its own. But one thing that I do um, often hear is that people who work hard and try to pull themselves up sort of get punished um, for the fact that they that your comment about you were making too much money 
you were still at the poverty level, but you were making too much money to receive assistance. So what's that about? Why can't we reward people when they work hard and try to pull themselves up? I don't know. I have some questions about that. I know that's not the topic of the show, but I think a lot of women, Charles and and you, Anne, both are making the comments that sometimes um, that Wonder Woman is forced into being because you have to be at all. So as we move forward, um, how can we help each other? and I hope you had people uh, that you could reach out to. But I, I have talked about this on the show before. If you see an individual who's out there who seems to be making it on, on their own, do you reach out? Do you try to help out? Do you try to ask them if perhaps there's something that you can do for them? Um, this is the season where I think people start thinking about giving people presents, but do you give them the support and help? So, Anne, thanks for your call, and um, thanks for turning um, out a sounding, it sounds like a great sun and being tough and making it through. This is Relatively Speaking. We're talking about superwoman um, or that super parent syndrome or super person syndrome. Um, trying to get through the season and what can we do? Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 We'd love to hear your comments about um, why we're where we are with this super person syndrome that we often have. This is Relatively Speaking. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking, and this morning we're talking about the Wonder Woman Syndrome and what makes men and women think that they can handle it all, think that they can do it all. Um, Is it the era in which those women or men grew up in? Is it the fact that they're divorced or a single parent and trying to prove that they really can, or do they have to do it all? Um, We've had several great comments, and I want to go right on back to the phones um, let's go to Startville and tell me your name. I'm not sure how to pronounce this. Thelma, T-H-E-L-M-A. Thelma. Oh, got it. There was a J in our box. I was not sure. So, Thelma, good morning. Thanks for good calling morning. in. Tell us what you have to say. Well, I love the comments from Charles. Yes. Um, and I want to comment that I was I was reared by a superwoman, and I have reared a Wonder Woman, but they were both my superwoman didn't have a choice. Uh-huh. A Wonder Woman does. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the problems that we uh, we have is that we allow people 
to co-opt the conversation when, when we talk about feminism. Feminism wasn't about a bunch of man-haters, but it was about giving women choices. Mm-hmm. If you want to stay at home and rear your children and have that choice, you do that. If you have children and can uh, do both of them, the job and the two children, you do that. But many of us, of course, don't have choices. Um, right. And then my next thing is, you know, we we also talk about being pro-life, but we cut social services to the lives that we have brought in and who, who can't quite manage. Right. And that's it. Wow. Um, Thelma, those are some pretty profound comments, and it sounds like you you are one of those superwomen. Um, so you said that um, the feminism was to give us choices, and, and I think one thing that as we moved through the, the feminism era, we're still in it, I guess, is... Um, the when you make the choice to work and have a family, then you have to move into something um, where you have to realize that um, when you come home, that um, perhaps it's not all your responsibility if you're in a dual parent household, then why not be a partnership? Why not have um, whoever else is your mate participate equally in the child rearing that you do? And I think sometimes women push back on that, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't have a choice. Sometimes they end up being a single parent, either by their choice or choice of uh, someone else's. But whatever the situation is um i guess you have to make make things work and um so i maybe i simplified it at the beginning and and charles called me on it and i i completely agree with him is that when the choice is not there you do what you have to do and sometimes you do it with some support and sometimes you don't seem to have any support now, Thelma, I want to go to your comment about um, the the term pro-life. If we're really pro-life, then we need to support the little lives that come into the world, whether they, they are your birth children or they are the village's children. We need to make sure they get what they need. And so I know I, I, this is not a political comment. This is a social comment. Um, from from me, yours truly, that um, you're right. Sometimes women out there and men um, who are single parents need help to make sure that, that those little lives that we are so in support of are really supported as they need to be. So thanks for your call and thanks for your thoughts, Thelma. I, I really right. appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Um, I want to take a minute as we are talking. Now, I know we've moved um, into what can you do, and um, we're talking about the Wonder Woman Syndrome, um, whether or not 
you have a choice in this, and maybe you do, even if you are um, financially strapped, if you are a single parent, and how can you make things work so you don't destroy your health while you're trying to move forward in life and raise your children and and take care of everything and earn some money and make sure you have health care. What can you do? You can give us a call if you want to join this conversation. It's 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Let's stay on the phones. We're going to go back to Roger in Florence. Roger, good morning. Thanks for calling. Good morning. What a wonderful program. Thank you all for that. Thank you. Uh, I had the privilege of serving as a, a chancery court judge and saw a whole lot of grief, of course, among other nice, fun, challenging things. But the grief was family stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, oh, presiding over a question of divorce with child custody only. And what what I saw and relearned, I think I knew this intellectually, but I relearned, was that so often the couple that go together in marriage and get a license from the state are unprepared. Now, in my church, you don't, you a priest will not marry you unless you go through marital counseling. Mm-hmm. But many do without. And so my suggestion is, if we're looking for society's fixes, and <laughs> you, you can't fix people, but but you can, we've got laws that require certain things for uh, getting a marriage license. It would be a straightforward, simple thing to also require certification that you have both been together to a certain uh, amount of premarital counseling. Now, that's the thought from Roger Clapp, because it's based on experience, a whole lot of observation and grief, and it's just one little thing that I think we could do if we just got, got with it and talked about it, and then these problems that y'all are talking about so wonderfully would be, I think, less uh, prevalent. Thank you. Well, thanks, Roger. What what good um, what a good comment. And you know, I think that um, this is a, a little bit divergent from what we're talking about, but not really, because so many times through counseling. Um, before you get together as a couple. Um, you can often work out some of those issues about partnering and parenting and and about raising um, your children and and how you would do it and and about expectations of each other. Now, I'm a firm believer in counseling. I'm, I'm not so much a believer in in um, absolutely forcing things on people, but I I certainly do believe that Roger's suggestion um, out there for anybody who is thinking about um, tying the knot, probably a really, really good idea to think about um, sitting down, going through some premarital counseling, making sure that you've worked out um, what you need to work out before you get married. Our divorce rate for sure would drop if people really did their due diligence before they uh, got married. No doubt about it. 
All right. Well, we'll stay on the phones. Let's go to Robert in Hattiesburg. Um, Robert, you have a comment about a choice? Yeah, a couple things. Uh, one, I, I don't like the term Wonder Woman concept because all that does is um, acknowledge society's overemphasis on the role of women in, in uh, family care, house, homemaking, and everything else. Mm. Uh, it's not fair for, for for people to just assume that women are are doing all this stuff or, or, or should be doing all that stuff and, and admiring women for it. That, that's a role of both people in the family. I do see some people today uh, trying doing a lot better job of sharing those responsibilities. How do you too? Beyond that, yeah. beyond that, when you talk about choice. Uh, I totally understand that some people don't have the right or the ability, the ability to, to make choices, but other people can clearly make choices. And the choices they make put incredible pressure on the family. Choices like $200,000 and up homes for young couples. Choices mm-hmm. like two luxury cars. Mm-hmm. Choices like nair, hair and nail uh, grooming. Choices like you know, all sorts of other things that, that cost a lot of money, and they have become somehow an accepted part of society, but they cost a lot of money, and that money's not available unless there are two homeowners or two, two, two uh, earners in the, in the home. And um, when there are two, that choice is, is putting a lot of pressure on both partners, and I think the children as well. Some good comments, and I do think that um, what you're saying um, has has been, you know, back in the the fifties and um, the the post war era, the post World War Two era. People are living in very small houses, um, and people ha- only had one vehicle. Um, their life was way simpler. Look at the homes that are old. I love old homes. And look at the closets. What? How big are the closets in older homes? Um, Robert brings up a point that, yeah, as we, we sometimes put burden on ourselves to think that we have to uh, keep up with what we think uh, we should have. And by virtue of that, you do increase the burden on how much income you need to do that. Um, and if we got back to simpler times, but will people do that? Um, do we feel, I, I do think some of our younger people, um, we had one of our earlier callers on this show say, he said he was younger, I believe it was David, and he said that he puts less emphasis on um, the material things and more emphasis on the memories. And his point is a really good one. And and to be real honest, I think many of our younger individuals are um, less likely to put the import on um, the size of the car or how many clothes you have or are um, the bigger the gift and um, are are better at um, being more minimalist than a lot of people my age, at least. I'm in my 60s. So um, I just, I, I, I think his point um, was good. And, and Robert, I think you brought 
up a good point. Now, a lot of people don't have a choice, and they are getting by with minimal stuff. Um, but at the same time, there are many people out there who add um, add to their burden by by not realizing what's really important. So thanks, thanks for that call, Robert. You you brought up some good good points. Um, we still have um, time for other callers. Uh, Jay, do we need to take a final break? Are we okay to keep going? Okay, I think I'm going to keep going because I want to go over some things that perhaps we need to do. We do have one caller um, who called in and left a message. Um, And I think maybe we'll just, even though it's off topic, the family's traveling. The son is 32 and he wants to stay in a room with his girlfriend. Father doesn't want that. What should they do? Hmm. So just quickly, I know we've got uh, another caller coming in, and um, quickly I'll say that I think we need to take in everything into consideration. Um, you know, yes, son is 32. He's an adult. He can make his own choices. Um, and um, But certainly it's also to uh, respect when you're visiting um, with your parents to respect respect their wishes as much as you can and to respect um, their desires. So I think that that would be one of those things that I'd be careful about and make sure that you're not going to mess up relationships. I would employ that girlfriend that if she knows that her Maybe father-in-law-to-be might not be happy with that arrangement. Why not take a night or two off and um, sleep in a different room if that will make somebody happy? That's my opinion. Uh, I think that, again, uh, the son is an adult. He can make his own choices. And I would hope that the father is not placing demands but just letting his son know um, how he feels personally. So this this could be another whole show, and I know we don't have time for people to call in about that, but I just thought I'd answer that question while we had a bit of time. Uh, let's go on back to the phones. We have Rick in Grand Bay. Good morning, Rick. Uh, good morning. Three simple changes. Okay. Can't have two hens in a hen house. Can't have two roosters in a rooster house. And we need to get back to the basic of what love is. Love is a giving, it's not a getting. Mm-hmm. And if we started living like that there, I think that we would have, uh, if, you know, if you're, if you're really living love, you're, you don't have to ask your mate if she needs a hand. That's what you're there for. You're there to give, not to take. Wow. Well, I like that. We're there to give, not to take. Now, how many people out there believe that they are really giving and not spending a lot of time taking during this season? So, very and, few. Very few. And and I don't yeah. think you mean um, as much, Rick. Do you mean material gifts or do you mean giving of whatever? Of yourself. The, of yourself. Of yourself, yeah. You no, know, it's, it's an unreserved I'm a gift to you. I, I think we even need to change what the marriage vows are. Hmm. I, I think a man should go to a woman who says, would you have me as your husband? Huh. Now, will you be my wife? Uh, ah. So, 
some good, some really good thoughts in there. Would you have me rather than will you be my wife? Right. Um, so what can you give to that relationship? And yeah. so thanks, Rick. That's a that's a, a great last call to for us to all think during this holiday season, whatever you're celebrating during this season, to think about it and think about it in the new year also as we come to that. Um, are you really working to make your life a giving life rather than a taking life? That's pretty profound. Uh, thanks, Rick. Okay, now, for the last couple of minutes, I want to make some suggestions to all of us out there. And I, they're, they're very basic. First of all, prioritize. Prioritize what you think is important. So if you're a single parent out there and, and you don't have um, money for celebrations and gifts and you don't have a lot of time, then prioritize. What is the very most important thing that you need to do? What's number one? Sit down and make that list. Um, what can you do as a, a giving thing for your children that they'll appreciate and, and remember? It may just be baking cookies together. It may be making your own presents together in those couple of hours that you have. Turn off that television or those electronics and decide that you'll make each other a gift. Make a schedule. And if you can't make everything fit into your schedule, delete the things that are not as important as the others. Let some in-law or some relative know that, no, you're sorry you can't make it to that particular gathering or party because you need to be together with your own family. Establish those rules early. Ask for help if you need it. And, you know, it's okay to reach out. Cut yourself some slack. Know that you can't do it all. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself. It may just be that you need that 10-minute nap or you need that warm cup of tea or you need to just sit down and put your feet up and let the dishes sit for a moment. But make sure that you do something that's going to allow you to take care of yourself because if you don't all do that there are health implications that that will be long lasting so the best way you can give one of those gifts that um, Rick was mentioning the gift of yourself is to take care of yourself so that you can be healthy for your family and for your loved ones and then you can keep on giving giving that love back to them so Gosh, this was a great uh, show of callers. I really appreciate the listeners and, and the callers who contributed to this. It always really does make the show, um, and I really enjoyed it. I wish you all a very happy, safe holiday. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. Our call screener was, I believe, Michelle McAdoo. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Rel Relatively Speaking. And you can stay tuned now for NPR's Here and Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio.
This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. 